Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets over... Uh, when you get two... Wait, let's restart that. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast <laughs> presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm sorry, I was trying to tweet out the link to the show and I was trying to do two things at once and uh, they both collided in my head. It did not work. I'm Sean Anderson. Welcome into our CHGO studios. This is Studio A in our West Loop Studios. Excited to talk to you on this off day for the Chicago White Sox. The Sox are 2-1 and one after taking two from Detroit in the opening day series. And uh, excited to talk with Vinny Duber, the CHGO beat writer over there. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. You can follow our show on Twitter, at CHGO underscore White Sox. And we're being produced today by our guy, Kevin Wells, even though he's a he's a Cubs fan. We're in a W hat. Yeah, sorry. Right. I won't put myself on camera. You can't it's wear right. Hey, Kevin, you can't wear a W hat. They didn't win yesterday. Uh, Learn the tradition. Come on, Got to buy an L hat. It's, it's about being an op- optimist, I think. Uh, I think that's why they wear it. I don't know. I don't understand it. But uh, we'll talk today about your questions. You, the CHGO member at allchgo.com, sent in your questions into the CHGO Lounge, our members-only Discord, and we'll be answering your questions today. We got four great questions, four interesting questions from our Discord, and we're excited to answer them. But we're going to go into our icebreaker first. Tomorrow is the home opener for the White Sox, a 3.05 first pitch for the Sox. They're taking on the Seattle Mariners. We'll have a 2.30 p.m. pregame show with you. It will be uh, Herb and I. We'll also be out at the ballpark, so if you're there in Lot B tailgating, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Sean Anderson, uh, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson, at Ecknerwall23. Uh, we'll be walking around with a camera trying to, you know, meet some Sox fans, so we're excited to do that, but the icebreaker today is... What have you missed about guaranteed rate field? And what have you missed about being at the ballpark? Because we get to finally return tomorrow, and it should be good weather, too. Yeah, about time. I can't remember the last time there was a home opener with good weather. It seems like it's always raining or snowing or just plain damn cold. But, uh, yeah, it should be good to, to get back uh, to get back there with some actual spring weather, which is so rare in Chicago, of course. Right, and you mentioned it, no snow. Like, I mean, I, I that's my biggest worry. We've seen it in, like, Cleveland before. We've seen it in Colorado, like, snow on opening day. Seen it uh, here. I don't remember it, Think when, when uh, James Shields pitched against the Tigers, I want to say, a few years back, and uh, there were flurries flying. And that's why I blocked it out, because James Shields was pitching. So, thank, thank you, everybody. Uh, Herb, what have you missed about the ballpark? Like, they haven't had a opening day with full capacity since 2019. 
this is going to be a big day for White Sox fans. Put on top of that, the whole lockout situation where fans and people didn't know when the thing was going to end. And when it did, people were like, oh, God, baseball's back. And they're clamoring for it. They love it. Like this weekend, the fever pitch, I don't know about you guys. It just felt different. It felt like we miss baseball and every game and every moment is intense because we've been so starved for it. We didn't know we we're going to get it. And now we're not taking it for granted anymore. So tomorrow's opening day. People will be hyped up. They'll be very hyped up to be back in the ballpark at 100% capacity. And you mentioned the last time that they had a full capacity opening day. That was 2019 against the Mariners. That's the classic Yonos clutch game where Yon Moncada has the game-winning uh, hit in the eighth inning, a game-winning double uh, that I have, you know, it's been seared into my brain, that image, because of GD, uh, the uh, White Sox Twitter burner account that I follow. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my guy. I think it's at uh, Keiko Resurgent Bandwagon is his uh, Twitter handle, which is a mouthful. Uh, but shout out to him. And, you know, it, it is great to be back. I'm picturing that image and Yohan Mankata is like all bundled up like Yohan Mankata would be on a cold day. Uh, he's got like the, the face protector. He's got long sleeves on. Uh, so it, it is exciting that we get to finally be back in that moment because that moment was electric, too, when he, you know, he, he gave the Sox the lead, that 10-8 lead uh, on that opening day when we had full capacity. I'll tell you what I'm going to miss about Guaranteed Rate Field. The Goose. Yeah. The goose is gone. The goose island is no more. It's now sponsored by Miller Lite. I never got to live to see my dream fulfilled, which was, I suggested this from the day I saw this thing, by the way. When, they, when someone hits a home run into the goose island, the goose should have shot beer out of its mouth, mm. showered the fans in beer. Oh you could have held your cup up, got a nice victory home run beer. I'm disappointed that because that's a great idea. I'm also disappointed that Brooks, no one ever hit doing? the goose. Yes, what are you doing, Brooks Boyer? This is gold. This is, <laughs> not, this is not the golden days of uh, who's the... Bill Vack. Yeah, Bill, Bill Vack. Vack would have done Bill, that in a heartbeat. Bill Vack I don't Vack. think he would have even installed that goose without knowing that that could have happened. Damn right. Uh, it would have been like... They would have had like gas lines of like, uh, you know, beer just flowing through that thing. <laughs> Absolutely. The, yeah, it, it would be... Uh, All the way from Goose Island, <laughs> like from the brewery, it would have been fresh, fresh High, beer. high pressure some, tap. Some that fresh 312. Our guy Leonard Gore. Rest in peace, Goose. Uh, Twitter profile pick is the goose whenever anybody hit a home run into the goose island i don't maybe no one remembers this but my tweet would just be honk all caps honk <laughs> and i don't i don't get to do it anymore i don't know what you do with with miller light a sad honk uh yeah, yeah i don't know maybe just uh, we have the miller light bobblehead guy and he seems friendly yeah. but i just the only thing i know is you just crack them open i guess uh, it's a it's a wisconsin beer maybe i don't know what sound does a badger make i'll have to figure that out <laughs> well it's kevin he's in a meeting uh our, our, our wisconsin alum or adam uh, adam's a white Sox fan we'll, probably just, yeah, we'll ask adam adam's a, a, a wisconsin alum uh, but and, is uh, he a, a zoologist fan? to the level that he would know the sound that a badger makes? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, Miller Lite, I, mean, I don't want to trash Miller Lite here, uh, but like, you know, they, they need a mascot. They need something. Come on. Like, I mean, what what is Miller Lite? They had Bob Euchre for a long time, didn't they? He, wasn't he uh, yeah. in the commercials? Yeah. So he Sean counts as a mascot. No, yeah. I don't. I know Bob Euchre. Yeah. I must be in the front row. That's the guy from, that's the guy from the, uh, that mo one movie, right? He's the Major Brewer, Brewers yeah. announcer. Major yeah, 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 yeah Major League. Uh, <laughs> I mean, All of David Letterman. Mr. Mr. Belvedere, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that one. Bob Uecker's uh, the best, man. That dude's oh, awesome. God, I... Bob Euchre? Yeah, God, you're so awesome. young. I am young. It's that's it's a curse, I guess. Uh, I'm ex they have Brian Knights, what is what Alex uh, says. Uh, he is the 108 winner. He's the 108 tourney winner. Uh, so I guess Brian Knights is now the mascot of Miller Lite. So congratulations to him. Uh, but I think I'm going to miss, or what I'm most excited to see, uh, is just 
the ballpark back lit up. Like every time I drive past guaranteed rate and it's not lit up, it just makes me sad. Like I, I drive past uh, that, that park every day I'm going home. And when I see the scoreboard lit up that great bill Vex scoreboard, uh, like I, I just miss seeing that ballpark being alive. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to have baseball just back in there. I'm excited to go back, have, be, you know, sit in my seats and immediately walk in and buy a hot dog and shove it down my throat. When's your first um, game? I don't know. I'm, I think it might be Yankee series in May, oh. <laughs> either the 13th or 14th. Tough series. I yeah. hate Yankee series I and Cub series. always loved going to Yankees games or Yankee series because I loved A-Rod. So I got to saw, see the White Sox and A-Rod. So if A-Rod would hit a home run against the White Sox, it was like in my home ballpark and A-Rod hit a home run. So it's cool. I don't know. I always loved that. Uh, <laughs> You're a strange guy. I know. Uh, I, I, and. That, that's that's my brand. Yeah, I love it. Did you watch his uh, broadcast last night with Michael K? No, and I heard Shane Reardon. Shane Reardon was like violently angry uh, on about that broadcast. I only listened on to a, a minute and watched a minute of it. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with those two, especially like they try to do the mega cast thing, but they're having a conversation not at the stadium. Like I don't understand what they're trying to do and who that is for. Yankee fans, cool. It's the remoteness, or is it just yeah, the, the goofiness like of those two? Like, there's no ambient sound. There's no ballpark in the background. Uh-huh. They're just having a talk show while the ball while the ball game's going on. It's like, no, why do I want to do this? You two have great knowledge about Yankees, about baseball. Break it down a little bit more. They were just saying, huh, A-Rod, what about this? You live in Miami. How is it going down there? How's, she didn't say, how's J-Lo, but, you know, <laughs> how's your life? I was like, come on. I know we know A-Rod. The baseball game is on. We're already inundated with Red Sox-Yankees. Just give me this and give me a different perspective. Tell me some Yankee history. Tell me what A-Rod would do in this situation. So pick his brain as a Major League Baseball player who should be a Hall of Famer eventually. Right, and some of the times that I've liked A-Rod was like when he was in the studio with Pete Rose and Frank Thomas and they're breaking down hitting. Like That's Perfect. when I've liked him, but I haven't loved him as an actual uh, color analyst for a game. And I, I didn't watch that last one, so I'm, I'm kinda, I feel like I dodged a bullet not having to listen to Michael Kay. A Rod, Big Poppy, Roger Clemens. I don't need that in my life. I don't. I don't need those people in my life anymore. Uh, Matt Trusk saying A Rod fan unfollow. LOL. I was when I was a kid. It was A Rod and Sammy Sosa on my wall. Sue the seven year old in me. I'm so. I'm so sorry, Matt. Um, let's talk now uh, a little bit about that game. Uh, Three oh five start. Mariners versus Sox. We'll have Vince Velasquez on the mound for the Sox. Uh, the issue though is Wednesday's game might get rained out. Uh, I know you're knocking on wood, Vinny, but. I, I think my question is, do they move Dallas Keuchel up uh, to start on opening day if the rain will knock out Wednesday's game? Well, we were talking before the show, and I think we might have finally solved why Dallas Keuchel is throwing in the second game of this Mariners series as opposed to the first one. If you'll remember, and we talked about it on this show a few times, I think, Dallas told us down at spring training that he had volunteered to, to pitch behind Michael Kopech. This is obviously before Lance Lynn was hurt, before Lucas Giolito was hurt. He had kind of volunteered, hey, I'll pitch behind Michael Kopech. You don't know how many innings you're going to get out of this guy. You might have to use a lot of bullpen pitchers. I, Dallas Keuchel, am historically someone who can eat up a lot of innings. Go ahead, throw me out there after him, and I'll give the bullpen a day off after they just had to work hard, maybe, in a Michael Kopech start. Well, now everything's gotten shuffled up because of the injuries to, to, to Lance and Lucas, and maybe they're trying a similar thing because they had that off day today. They had the off day today, so you get the day off after the Kopech start for the bullpen. Then you go out. Maybe you don't know how much you're going to get out of Vince Velasquez. You have Dallas Keuchel there as that safety net sort uh, of sorts in terms of bullpen usage come uh, Wednesday, and, and maybe that's what they were thinking. Uh, but this is going to be a very 
strange-looking series from a starting pitcher standpoint. Obviously, you got Dallas in there in the middle game, but Vince Velasquez in the first, and we still have no idea who's going to pitch in the finale on Thursday. Uh, maybe Tanner Banks might just be an opener of sorts. Who knows? But um, that, that that's just a guess. We're going to find out. I don't know if we'll find out tomorrow because sometimes they take this stuff up to, to the day before and even the morning of sometimes. Right, and we're still figuring out what the roster will look like for opening day because we're assuming Lucas Giolito will be added to the injured list at some point retroactive to probably Friday or Saturday. Uh, there was news made and released by James Fox of Sox Machine and Future Sox. He said Southpaw Anderson Severino is expected to be promoted to the White Sox in advance of the homestand that begins on Tuesday. So we're assuming that Sean Anderson Severino will be taking the spot of Lucas Giolito <laughs> on the roster. Uh, you know, there's a question that we'll get into a little bit later from other Sean uh, from the Discord about, you know, bullpen and how they're going to call up guys to deal with Giolito's injury. Uh, but Herb, if, you know, let's just play a little, you know, hypothetical here. Wednesday's game gets canceled because of the rain. Would you have Keiko start tomorrow or would you just go with Vince Velasquez, go with the plan? And like Vinny was saying, you know, he wanted, you know, Keiko even, you know, wanted to back up Kopech. So, I mean, he would be backing up Kopech in this situation. I would keep it as is. The one advantage I think Vince Velasquez and whoever's pitching for the Mariners tomorrow, it's a late start, late afternoon start, 3 o'clock. So shadows will be prevalent, uh, very prevalent behind him. So hitters will be hard to pick up the spin of the baseball. So maybe Vince Velasquez would get a little advantage there. Same with the Mariners pitcher. And I, even though Vince is not a home run of a, a free agent deal, I think he can go out and give the White Sox what they need. You know, just 15 outs, maybe four earned. That's it. I don't move Dallas Keuchel because he's not a world beater. We don't know about Dallas Keuchel either. He right. might go out there and get shelled too. The Mariners are a formidable te- uh, team out there, so I keep it as is. And, yes, if Wednesday gets washed out as it looks like it is, then, yeah, you go back to Thursday and you use Dallas Keuchel in that first game because, yes, you need those innings, and it's not the seven innings anymore. Damn it. I don't know why they changed that. You need those innings for that long nine-inning game, and then the second game, you don't know who's going to pitch. Maybe Tanner Banks is the opener. Maybe your guy, Sean Anderson Severino, is the opener. I don't know. But, yes, I will keep it as it is because Vince Velasquez was told he's pitching tomorrow. That's he true. got his mind right. right. He got his mind ready. Maybe he's going to sleep early tonight. You, wanna, <laughs> you don't want to change anything about his routine because these guys, as we talk with the designated hitters conversation, creatures of habit. You tell him you're pitching on Tuesday in front of uh, our home opener. Now he has to get his mind right. And if you tell him late, he's like, nah, you're pitching on Wednesday. He's like, ah, you son of a bitch. He's already going to be shaky. You don't need his mind to be messed up. Well, and I don't, I don't, I don't think either that he. I, I think he might be in a better position than than what you guys are getting at in terms of he's a guy that they're just plucking out of the bullpen and dropping into the rotation. He hasn't pitched yet this year. During spring training, he was on a starter schedule. He was he was throwing innings. They were right. building him up to be able to be a starter, and now that's what he is. So I don't think he's really had to break stride since spring training. Uh, you know, he's going to get a regular start in the first five uh, games of the season. It's not like he's been sitting around gathering rust. This is a guy who they were getting ready to, to have a starter's workload, and unfortunately, because of the injuries, he's got to have it right away, but it might mean that he's more prepared for it than he would have been otherwise. And one thing, too, I mean, the Mariners right now haven't announced their starter, so at least going with what you're talking about, the White Sox have kept everybody on schedule. You know, they, they, they know what to expect. Uh, maybe, you know, you're not expecting a rainout on that Wednesday, and that might throw Keuchel off, but at least with the Mariners, you're not even knowing what 
they're expecting. I mean, they're taking this day by day, it seems like, too, uh, where the, at least the Sox did have this schedule that they're following at least for the first five days. Um, you know, injuries are going to throw them off after. But uh, with the injuries, I guess you just want to weather the storm and just make sure that you're no staying. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I know that there's like a uh, shortened schedule because of the lockout, but I would think that they wouldn't do the doubleheader on a getaway day. Like, Seattle has to, has to go somewhere after this game. Yeah, and but so that's just going I know that they're probably The they're alternative not is back. that they'd have to come back on an off day, you know, at some point later in the season, which is hard for them to do. Um, I don't know what their interleague schedule is. Are they are they playing the Cubs this year, playing the Brewers? Um, I'm not sure, but I uh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like this early in the season for a doubleheader right at the beginning of the season and a getaway game for the Mariners, that's very unfair for them to have to put them through that situation then have to fly out to some other uh, yeah, locale. Yeah, but that's April. That's I mean, April. It is. And yeah. I, I don't think you can move the game to tomorrow. Like, you couldn't make a doubleheader on, no, on, no, on, no, on Tuesday. So, not. I don't, you know, it, it really feels like they would only be able to either have, a you know, a makeup game later on in the season or just do a doubleheader on Thursday, which, you know, would be weird, like you're saying, Herb, uh, on a getaway day. At least the Sox wouldn't have to be too affected because uh, they're playing, uh, staying home. Uh, and we'll play the race on, on Friday. So that wouldn't be too affected on, you know, the Mariners would probably be, you know, having the more, the most problems with uh, playing a doubleheader. They're real against it. Yeah, they'd be against that one. Uh, let's real quick before we get into your questions, people sent in questions at allchgo.com or allchgo members into our Discord, the CHGO Lounge. For our Mailbag Monday, the best way to support CHGO is to become a member. Uh, and one way to do that is by taking advantage of our points bet uh, little promo code we have here. You can download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Again, if you have a free CHGO membership, you'll be able to access Vinny's premium written content for the Chicago White Sox. He just wrote about Andrew Vaughn and why he isn't a trade piece. We'll get a little bit into that a little bit later on uh, in the show. Uh, but you also get access to the CHGO Lounge, where you can chat with us about the White Sox or send in questions when we have a Mailbag Monday like this. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build your perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with points bet combine your favorite points bet or combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more you can boost your live same game parlay with the points bet app you get one boost a day it's my favorite feature of the app if you have odds at plus 100 you'd like it even better if 120 you know you can help make yourself win more money with the points bet boost watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet and online sign up is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right let's get into the questions for the monday mailbag again these were sent into the chgo lounge our chgo member Discord. We're going to start off with other Sean's question. My guy who was always uh, sending in questions to Locked On Socks when I was doing it. Now he's come over and supporting us here on CHGO. So we appreciate it. Spell his name other wrong, Sean. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, people... it was not your fault. It's your parents' fault, probably. Right. I don't think he he, <laughs> Sorry, he, he, he spelled it that way on his birth certificate. <laughs> is he the other Sean because you're the primary Sean? Is that the idea? So the idea is 
S-E-A-N is the real Sean. That's Sean Supremacy. That's the right way to spell. Sean Premacy, if you will. Sean (laughs) Premacy. That is the right way to spell Sean, uh, the name S-E-A-N. All the other names, you know, S-H-A-U-N, S-H-A-W-N. Those are just knockoffs. That's just, that's Sean. Uh, That's that's completely different. So, yeah, Sean Dunstan, Sean Green. uh, I had a a real big thing uh, against Sean Green. because The former Dodger great. Yeah, I mean, that's. People saw that name, and that's like, oh, that's how you spell Sean. It's like, no, Sean Connery's cooler. Uh, and I, you know, people always thought my name in in, in grammar school was Seen. Uh, S E A N was that's Seen. Sure, uh, phonetically, that's yeah, what it's it the is. phonetic spelling. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. you know, uh, you know, these people like to spell their name correctly. Yeah, oh, you're just like Sean Marshall. Oh yeah, what about Sean Figgins? C H O N E. Yeah, so that's I mean, a good call by Jimbo there. But is that is that in the the, the Sean family? It's how it's pronounced. But yeah. is that? But it's not an S. You know, I don't know if it's. Hey, I don't know that's if it's how it's the, pronounced. But is it also like the man's be, name? I'm gonna be Gaelic. <laughs> John, <laughs> you, think, you think Sean Figgins is his name's Gaelic? Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right, I will look up if Sean Figgins <laughs> is a yes. Gaelic name. He looks it. Um, but we didn't even read other Sean's actual <laughs> question. <laughs> no. Sorry, other Sean. <laughs> um, other Sean is also. We're gonna. I'm gonna get into his question. We're gonna. I'm gonna go on a little tangent. Other Sean also has, is from uh, Middletown, Ohio. Do you know who's from Middletown, Ohio? Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber's from Middletown, Bing. Ohio. Uh, other Sean originally emailed me and said that there's a a monument to Kyle Schwarber in Middletown, Ohio. A monument? That was my same reaction, Vinny, uh, was that there was a monument in Middletown, Ohio for Kyle Schwarber. And this is when I was like, oh, the White Sox need to sign Kyle Schwarber. I was really, you know, getting into it. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, we have this monument. And I'm like, well, you have to send me a picture. And I'm like, I will drive to Middletown, Ohio. I'll drive four hours away if the White Sox sign Kyle Schwarber and, you know, go to the monument. It's like this little plaque being like, congrats, Kyle Schwarber, on making it to the major leagues. But I was thinking it was That's like not a monument. thing. Yeah, he meant it was a plaque. He just wow. used the wrong word. Uh, wow. But I got, I got all excited about this big, giant Kyle Schwarber monument, and it was just this little plaque. Um, but other Sean says, with starters not going deep into games yet, the bullpen is going to be eating a lot of innings. Will the Sox have to start swapping in some minor leaguers to help the bullpen? And James Fox, as we said earlier, uh, mentioned uh, that Anderson Severino will be called up to the White Sox, one of those minor league bullpen pieces, uh, to start this opening day series, home opening day series against the Mariners. Obviously, that's connected to Giolito's injury, but what do we think of other Sean's questions? Uh, we obviously have the Giolito injury. We have the Lance Lynn injury. A lot of starters that might have question marks around them, Dallas Keuchel, Michael Kopech, Vince, Vince Velasquez for other reasons. Uh, you know, It really feels like Dylan Cease is the only guy that's solid in that rotation right now. Uh, what do we think about them swapping in some minor leaguers here? I have no problem with that. Um, like I said before, I was on a different podcast, and we're going to have to have somebody step up for the starters. When we started the year, we had three solid starters at the top of the rotation, Giolito, Lynn, and Cease. Now we only have one with Cease, so somebody has to step up here. And what we saw out of the bullpen so far with Bennett Sousa doing well, Tanner Banks doing well, maybe the White Sox minor league system, which has been ranked one of the worst in baseball, is better than it's been advertised, especially with relievers. Like, you see them bring it up a couple years ago. They had Matt Foster do a good job. Cody Hoyer do a good job. You keep on seeing them bring up good arms that can p- compete at the major league level. Bennett Sousa right now is here. Tanner Banks. Agent so Tanner ha- Banks. They have a bunch of guys out here who may be overlooked, but just need a shot in the major leagues and get a get a fair shot, and they perform. Matt Foster the other day, after a bad 2021 Looked pretty solid. His changeup looked back. I'll yeah. say this. I mean, it, it, 
we've been talking about it the last few days. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on these bullpen arms, and I think when you have that, you have a greater risk of injury, right? And, I, and so I think it's, it's not at all unusual to see a lot of churn in the bullpen. That just happens every year in, in baseball for every team. Um, what you have this year, though, is maybe greater usage earlier in the season, which could force some other roster moves for other reasons, injury-related ones at that. The White Sox currently have two members of their bullpen on the injured list, Joe Kelly and Ryan Burr. Those guys are going to come back at some point. And so that in that case, you're not going to see minor league arms. You'll see major league arms come back to the bullpen. Um, and that obviously only deepens that group once they're there. You get performances like from guys like Sousa and Banks out the gate like this, that only deepens the, the, the guys that you'll have to choose from because when those you know, when your Kelly and your Burr come back mm-hmm. and those guys obviously aren't going to the minor leagues, if even if Banks has to go back down, Severino has to go back down, Suse has to go back down, at least they're down there and you know you can call them back up and, and, and you know, be relatively confident that they're going to deliver in, in that sort of situation. So, yes, you'll see roster moves, but it's very hard to predict what those are going to be, who they're going to be. The best-case scenario for the White Sox is that these guys keep performing and they have a situation where they have too many good players to keep on the active roster that is only going to help them when they eventually do have to draw on that depth. Right, and the exciting thing too, like Ryan Burr does have major league experience, and even though he, you know, on a 26-man roster, he might not make the 26-man roster, him being able to have that major league experience and, you know, having that competitive side of him, and he's a huge competitor, uh, that's something that, you know, he's been in the organization for a long time, uh, and it really feels like that's what's keeping him still in the organization at a high level. Uh, His stuff isn't the best, but he, it really, you know, listening to him speak and listening to him talk, uh, really feels like he's got this next level competitor edge to him. So, uh, I really like his addition once he'll be healthy. Uh, Joe Kelly will probably be, you know, replacing Tanner Banks or something like that. Uh, I do think too, like Cueto is going to come at some point. So you just have to make sure you bridge that gap because I don't think that he will be too long to take, you know, Maybe ready to get ramping up. It just is ready. all about that getting official contract signed. But uh, we've seen reports. I think it was from either Hector Gomez or Mike Rodriguez, uh, one of the uh, Latin reporters, uh, that Cueto is getting close to signing that deal. So, you know, help is on the gear. way with Ryan Ryan Burr and, and Johnny Cueto. He's wearing socks gear in his uh, workout videos. But uh, for Ryan Burr, I think he just needs a Hamilton on the team. Is Josh doing anything right now? <laughs> Do we have another Billy's, Hamilton? Billy's available? coming to town. Billy's on the Mariners. So. Oh, okay. Just needs that, that that Burr Hamilton thing so he can be at his best. What happened to the – was it Ian Hamilton? Ian Hamilton, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what happened to him. Uh, short life right there. Yeah, there's some scary injuries, man. He uh, Ian Hamilton? Yeah, he got hit, he got hit with a uh, foul ball in the dugout. He was sitting in the dugout, and he got hit with a foul ball. I think this was down at AAA. Oh. Uh, and it, like, it, like, broke his bones in his face. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Jesus. All right. Well, Jimbo's good, that's another good luck to Jimbo Ian. is on the comment uh hot streak here. That's another very good one. Yeah, if I think Susan, I tweeted something along those lines uh, <laughs> oh, over the weekend. Yeah. That's good right there. Yeah. Our guy Jimbo, if Souza doesn't enter the game at home to Stars and Stripes forever, we riot. Yeah, I think you made a one of you made a I made a, a Bennett Souza's better than John Philip Souza okay. joke and, and people that, went apoplectic. They're like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> 
were taking wow. their, they were replying in earnest. I was like, come there's on. A lot of, there's a lot of John Philip Sousa fans oh out there. I wouldn't God. have guessed. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was the hottest take I've ever had in my life. And people were like, oh, my God, besmirch the name of John Philip Sousa. You stay away from Patriotic March Twitter. <laughs> yeah. they'll, come at, they'll come after you. Uh, yeah, so to, uh, to wrap up the question for other Sean, uh, I think the Sox will probably bring up some minor leaguers at some point, but uh, maybe they'll just try to hold off until – Kelly and Burke can come off the injured list and then they could just add those guys on. So I think that's probably your next big point there is once Gilito goes on the IL, Severino getting called up, uh, you'll probably have to wait until Kelly or Burr are healthy to come back uh, to the team, which I think should, if you know the season started, or I think it was April 5th when the IL stuff became active so i think they should be able to return on the 15th or 20th or so well we'll see with we'll see with kelly i mean obviously you're talking about you're talking about the number the numbers there and those are the rules obviously but obviously those guys have to be healthy you know what i mean so uh we we weren't really given a ton of specifics on on either in terms of a timeline my guess this is just a guess kind of hearing what the how the white Sox have been talking is that burr would probably return before kelly but we're not sure. We got to get some updates from 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 the team on that one. Yeah, and hopefully Kelly's able to return soon. It's you know I think the more and more we wait, uh, and the the less and less news we hear on him, it just becomes a little bit more concerning. Just because he was a free agent signing, and uh, you know this is such an odd injury, even though he's dealt with it before having a, a nerve. Uh, is JPS still John Phillips? Is yeah, it? it still is. Yeah. And your guy Connor Smith, guy. Uh, getting our uh, Scooble <laughs> references, uh, also said A-Rod was the worst uh, Shark Tank guest. I disagree with that. It was Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott is the worst Shark Tank guest uh, in the history of that show. Uh, let's go to the next question from the Discord. Schlesh Poppy saying, last year we really benefited from your mean unexpectedly stepping up in April slash early May. I'm curious who you guys think will be our surprise contributor to start this season. Great for, for all your work as always. Thank you, Slash Poppy. We appreciate your support. Uh, who's going to be the surprise contributor for the Sox this season? I mean, Banner Tanks had a banner day yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's not really a lot of roster spots being dedicated to, to the surprise guys this time around, and I think you have to look to the pitching staff to find that kind of similar role that would be played and you bring up a guy like that hey maybe it's Vince Velasquez who knows you know what I mean but those are the kind of guys that would be filling that kind of role your mean thrust into that kind of everyday DH role just because of all the injuries that the White Sox were dealing with specifically the one to Aloy Jimenez um moving Andrew Vaughn to left field you have the hole at DH you're in Mercedes plugged in pretty well there obviously uh, uh for a little bit at least so I think the point is if you're looking for a hitter Kind of all those guys are not surprises, or they shouldn't be surprised anymore. Maybe the, the only guy that could really go on a tear and and that wouldn't be expected is maybe a guy like Gavin Sheets, guy like Adam Engel, or, or, or even Josh Harrison, depending on what you thought of that signing. But uh, really in the pitching staff is where the, uh, the fill-in work needs to be done right now. And I think you know a candidate would be somebody who's going to fall into the rotation like a Vince Velasquez. But, I mean, certainly if we're just talking about the first weekend, a couple relief performances like the ones we got from Banks and uh, the ones we saw from Banks and, and Bennett Souza would, would count. I'm going to go with Josh Harrison. He mentioned that. I When he was signed, I was like, fine. It was all right move. I remember the Josh Harrison from Detroit, who was hitting sub 200. Gives you good defense, but nothing, no great shakes. And that's what I was thinking the White Sox are getting. A guy that's on his last legs. The White Sox are trying to do a reprieve to his Pittsburgh days. But no, like the first three games, the guy's got juice. He's got energy. Like, you see what he did at third base, those plays he's making at third, plays he's making at second base. He is much better in this uh, three-game stretch than I saw uh, 
any time the uh, last couple of years, I was like, man, the White Sox might have got a steal for, what, $5 million? Mm-hmm. Josh Harrison is a utility man, like, played second base, played third base on Sunday, and I think he played it pretty well. Like, he does does well with the glove, uh, of course, but with the bat, I saw some things that I was like, okay, Josh Harrison might be a guy that I have to look out for as the nine hitter of this offense. Just a, a surprise uh, addition this year who might break out and get you a couple triples, doubles, and uh, drive a couple runs and turn that lineup over to Timmy Anderson. And something I love about him and Tim Anderson and that I've noticed that he does, like just like Tim, he loves pulling a, a, a first-pitch fastball right down the line for a double. I mean, it's just it's, it's rinse and repeat uh, with those two. And remember last year when Hamilton did come in, and I think Vinny talked about this a couple uh, episodes ago, he had the reputation of just being a fast guy, pinch runner, defensive replacement. Uh, Billy Hamilton did, and then Timmy got in his ear. It's like, dude, you're in the you're in the major leagues. You're you're a hitter. Right. F all that garbage. You're you're Billy the hitter, and sometimes you need somebody to juice you up like that. You mm-hmm. need somebody to pump you up like that, and maybe. That's happened with Tim Anderson saying that to Josh Harrison. It's like, hey, man, remember after that that uh, bat-throwing incident and I met you in Detroit and you said, hey, man, keep on being you? I'm going to say the same thing to you. Keep on being you. Stop all that nonsense. You are a good hitter, Josh Harrison. You're a two-time All-Star. Right. Get your, get your mind right. Well, and maybe his offense is following that. It's like, hey – I am a good hitter. I deserve to be here, and I'm part of this lineup. We had our guy Clark producing us yesterday, and he said on Twitter after, he's like, you know, in professional wrestling, no one's going to put yourself over besides you. So, like, Tim Anderson does have that very much hype man energy of we are the best. Fuck it. We're the best team in the American League. Like, you know, I'm the shit because I'm here, and I'm a major league player, and I'm going to show you that I'm a major league player, and I deserve to be here. Like, he very much has that attitude, and you're right. He passed that off to Billy Hamilton, and what can that do for a guy like Josh Harrison? Because, yes, he is a veteran. He's been going through this slog year in and year out. He knows what it's like to play a baseball season, but also when you have friends on the team and when they're good, when you're winning, you're not playing for the Nationals and they're, you know, bad. They've traded everybody away. Uh, They're not, you know, the former World Series champions. You're in Pittsburgh and they, you know, just completely collapse after you started getting good, uh, after you were an all-star. Like, this is a perfect, like, last, you know, ride maybe possibly for Josh Harrison. Like, this might be the last time you are at your peak health, your peak playing abilities with a good team. Like this might be full effort goal for Josh Harrison. It might be a great signing. I'll say this about Josh Harrison in, in regards to Herb, what you were talking about. I don't think anybody needs to pump him up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's he's a guy, he's a guy who I think White Sox fans are going to really appreciate because he shares so many of those characteristics that they love seeing in Tim Anderson. Uh, you know, and he's riding the imaginary motorcycle around too. That can't, that can't hurt. But uh, I, I mean, this is a guy who I think could definitely thrive because he's surrounded by guys like that. And I think he said that as much to me and others in spring training when he's looking around the clubhouse and he goes, you know, when you look around and see all these guys who know that they're going to win, they don't think they're going to win. They know that they're going to win. You know, it's a good it's a good environment to be a part of, and it's certainly a good environment for him. I asked him if he felt like he was home, and it, and he goes, you know, I, I've had a great time in a lot of different clubhouses, but when it comes to me being me, I feel like I can be at home in this kind of environment. That's that's interesting to hear. And we'll talk about you know the importance of that uh, a little bit later because there is a question that goes hand in hand 
with that. Uh, I'm going to give my answer and then we'll move on. Uh, I'm going to point you to the CHGO White Sox staff making its prediction for the 2022 MLB season. Uh, This was published on April 6th. It is free uh, for everyone. So if you want to go back and check out some of our predictions, feel free to. But there is a header under that says the correct prediction no Sox fan sees coming is Andrew Vaughn will be the White Sox second most productive hitter in 2022 behind Luis Robert. Uh, That was my prediction that no Sox fans saw coming. Uh, And after you saw this first series, I'm not trying to be too overdramatic, but it is the title of the podcast. Is Andrew Vaughn the future of the Chicago White Sox? I don't know if future is the right term because hello, Luis Robert, you know, that's a pretty good Mm -hmm. corner piece, cornerstone, you know, centerpiece. But if you are going to be a championship contending team, you need more than one. Uh, you need more than one Luis Robert. That's what Mike Trout has learned out in L.A. And even if you have an Anthony Rendon, uh, you still need pitchers. So it's not all about just one player. But Andrew Vaughn, I do think, is poised for a big year. As long as he can stay healthy, I do think that he will be up there with Luis Robert, with Aloy Jimenez, with Tim Anderson, with Jose Abreu, with Yasmani Grandal for being one of the most productive hitters for the Sox this year. Gavin Sheets might break out, Josh Harrison might break out or have a better season than that he's normal to uh, or, or used to. I think Andrew Vaughn can truly shine on the south side here. I'm excited to see what he's going to so do. So what are you thinking, like numbers-wise? Well, we, we talked about this before. Uh, last year in 105 games, fifth, uh, 20 doubles, 30 walks, 15 homers. I think he can get to 20 homers. I think he can get to 30 doubles, so... 50 extra bases hits and, you know, probably 70 RBIs or something like that. Like, I think that is possible for Andrew Vaughn with a, an on-base percentage over 375. Ooh. Maybe something like that. I mean, he, he can walk. He'll have a decently high batting average. I don't think it'll be over 300, um, but it might be over 275. So if you throw him hanging you know, sliders, he murders him. Right, 280, 280 380, and then 5-something on the slugging. It's an, an 800 OPS That's plus. Not- I'm not platooning him if he's doing that. <laughs> which There's is no fine. platoon. You're right. playing. He'd be an everyday which, player at that point. Yeah, right. But it, you Go know, ahead. If, if, but also, I mean, Gavin Sheets was just is that good. You know, against right-handed pitchers last year, he also had an OPS above 800. So, I mean, that's just a really deadly DH platoon uh, at that point too. And I do think that you know, if Engel or Garcia or something like that is playing over Vaughn in left or right field, I will have questions because I do think that he should might he should be the first player off the bench for the Sox uh, if you need to put somebody into the lineup, uh, you know, if he's not in the DH spot already. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is that it, it kind of uh, misses the point if you're talking about where he sits on the depth chart because I think he is a starting guy. He is one of their starting nine. Uh, obviously, Tony likes to mix and match. We've talked about how you don't play a baseball season with the same nine guys go all going 162 games. You, you do – rotated out because you need those bench guys to be just as ready as your everyday guys are. But Andrew Vaughn is, is uh, you know, one of the key players on this team already. You talk about him being the future of the White Sox. Well, he's already the present. You know what I mean? This is a team that's trying to win the World Series this year. He's probably the number one DH now, but he's going to play at other positions as well. And that's part of his appeal is that versatility, that do-anything attitude that he's got. I really think it's funny that you brought up Mike Trout because you look at the difference maybe between Mike Trout and some of the other stars around Major League Baseball, particularly someone like Tim Anderson or, or even Luis Robert who does things so crazily. He's a human highlight reel kind of thing where Mike Trout kind of just goes about his business mm-hmm. and is the greatest baseball player of all time from a production standpoint, right? I think Andrew Vaughn kind of compares simil- similarly to that in terms of 
He's not going to blow anybody away. Nobody's buying tickets to just, you know, because they want to get a front row seat of Andrew Vaughn, but he's going to get the numbers. He's going to do it. the productions. And, I'm, not, and I'm not the one comparing him to Mike I'm Trout. Not saying, I'm not saying. I, I know I'm what talking, saying. I'm talking I know exactly from a, what you're I'm saying. I'm talking no, from a personality standpoint, right. from a going about your business standpoint. He is a guy who is going to just approach every at-bat the exact same way, and more times than not, that's going to lead to success. Well, now we need to know if he's into the weather, just like Mike Trout. Yeah, right, exactly. Who, who do you think... Chicagoans would recognize more with their clothes, with their uh, uniforms off. Mike Trout or Andrew Vaughn? Chicagoans? Yeah. Well, Andrew Vaughn is plays for one of the teams here, at least. <laughs> I'd say Mike Trout. I'd still say Mike Trout. That just says because Chicago is. It's not all just Sox no, but, fans. But this is the thing. Like, Andrew did you say Vaughn, Sox fans or just Chicagoans? Like, if you yeah, just, think, Andrew Vaughn's like my height. He's like five <laughs> ten. He's. He's wispy, six feet tall. Wispy, come on now. He's wispy hair, <laughs> blonde, just walks on the street like, hey, uh, what's that accountant doing uh, going into the ballpark? And then he walks in and then cracks doubles and home runs all the time. Vaughn does have unique eyes, so maybe that would be something that people would recognize uh, uniquely. But, I mean, Mike Trout is still Mike Trout. He's in a lot more he's commercials like than Andrew and Vaughn. he's like yoked. Yeah, I mean, he is. Andrew Vaughn just looks like a regular dude walking down the street. I, I would disagree with that. Does Andrew Vaughn look like a regular he's, dude to you? He's like 5'10 to 18. He's, he's muscular. Yeah. He's muscular. Yeah. Does he does he look like he belongs with those baseball players when he's in spring yeah, training? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, as much as any other baseball player hey, does, well, I right? Know. I mean, he doesn't look like an offensive lineman, if that's what you're asking me. But, you know. 5'10", Steven. I didn't make my own height. I'm 5'9 on a good day. If I can be taller, I would. Yeah, I'm going to go ride a roller coaster. You guys stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Small people. Um, the, only, the last thing I want to bring up, I, I do, just going back to the trout thing, because, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm not going to say no to it. Uh, very similar stances in a way. It's not a lot of movement. Very similar. Just it's a very simple stride. It's a very simple twist unload for both players. So I do like the simplicity of Andrew Vaughn. And I think that's something that Paul Konerko said too. Uh, we saw a quote about just the way that he approaches, the way that he attacks plate appearances, and just his stroke and stride in general. I mean, it is just very smooth. It, it, it plays. Can't use the word stroke. We're not socks. talking about Reese McGuire here. Okay, Come on. Right. I mean, relax. And I, I, that's another possible breakout player, too. Um, I really love the framing that we saw from Reese McGuire yesterday. Um, he really looks like he's going to excel uh, behind the dish for the Sox. This is exactly what I wanted for the Sox in a backup, backup catcher, a guy who could handle uh, the, the, the framing mm -hmm. uh, responsibilities of a catcher, the defensive responsibilities of a catcher. Um, he has shown that, you know, at least from one game, uh, that he can handle that duty behind the plate. So excited to see what he can do uh, for the Sox. And maybe he can burst on the scene we saw Josh uh, not Josh McCann uh James McCann burst on the scene for the Sox he was not a good hitter with Detroit comes over to Chicago and has a good season being Yasmani Grandal's backup maybe uh you know similar things can happen here with Reese McGuire let's take a quick break and mention our friends over at PointsBet if you enjoy CHGO one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but if you make a fifty dollar or more first-time deposit you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker that web content is premium written content from our writers you got Vinny duber you got jared willis you got ryan herrera for your cub stuff you got will gottlieb on the bulls uh side you got jay mario and greg on the blackhawk side Hoger? you got nick hoger you got uh, uh will as well on the bear side you got janice and sabria on the sky side great premium written content up at allchgo.com and this is the best way to become a member Support points bet. Support CHGO at the same time. 
Make a $50 more first-time deposit. Use the code CHGO. You'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. You'll get the free HG, the free CHGO membership and a free short shirt from your choice of the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email all, pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We want to mention to CHGO, uh, allchgo.com. The podcast, the live shows are free for you. We're going to have pre and post game tomorrow. 2.30 is the start for pregame. And then right after the last out is made, we'll be doing an hour-long postgame show for you, recapping the home opener between the Sox and the Mariners. And Herb and I will be out there at the tailgate uh, probably at noon tomorrow. We're still figuring out a time to be uh, showing up with Casey, our social media manager. Uh, but me and Herb should be out there. We'll bring in one Lockheed. case of beer. Yeah, we'll bring one case Just of one. Labatt Blue that expired eight years ago. Zima. And uh, you guys will be having a blast. So We're uh, doing something different. Yeah, I, what's <laughs> Zima? It's like alcoholic water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Someone mentioned sweet. Jolly Ranchers. You put Jolly Ranchers in there to flavor it. Oh. It's back in like the early '90s or mid '90s. That sounds disgusting. It is disgusting. It's like it sounds it's like, like ice smearing off ice. It's like the the generation before that. It sounds like like a sel- like something that you're doing because you desperately hate the seltzer you're drinking. Like, oh, I really hate this lime. Uh, I'm not even going to mention a name yeah, uh, of a brand. I got here. you. I know uh, what you're going to go, but yeah, yes, right. It's that. It yeah. is back in the '90s. We were dumb, and we wanted something to to drink that was sweet. And disgusting that wouldn't you get you drunk. Something you wanted sweet something and disgusting. disgusting. Yes, <laughs> yes, that didn't get you drunk. So Zima was born. Mm. It didn't get you drunk? What was the no. ABV? It's like four and a half. Oh, Jesus, that's brutal. Uh, and uh, oh, Bob Nightingale is on Cameo, which I did see. And I think I'm honestly going to spend money on this. Uh, thank you, Jimbo, for bringing this up. I think I'm going to spend money on this Bob Nightingale Cameo thing. I think I'm going to have him say something like, you know, congrats to uh, former White Sox legend Eduardo Escobar or something. Um, I think I think that's what uh, we might do uh, with Bob Nightingale. He got being lost on Cameo. to Chicago last year. Apparently. Yes, he did. Thanks, Bob. He's, he's still on his way. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is going to be your second baseman anytime here. All right, let's get through the final two questions. Uh, first, Leonard Gore's in the chat, so why don't we go to Leonard Gore's question here? Uh, early sample size, but how big of a bullet did the Sox dodge by not trading Andrew Vaughn? He's going to make the transition from Abreu much easier to handle. We saw this in the Discord chat too. A fan mentioning that they feel like this might be Jose Abreu's last year. You talked to Tim Anderson about that in spring training. Uh, what is you know? And you talked about not trading Andrew Vaughn too. I mean, did the Sox dodge a bullet by not trading Andrew Vaughn to Oakland for a Frankie Montas? I mean, I don't think the bullet was ever fired. I don't think there was That's ever <laughs> there was never a chance that they were going to trade Andrew Vaughn. Rick Hahn just uh, just made it, like, uh, the, the right choice. I mean, yeah, I mean, seriously, the way that they've been talking about this kid for years, it, it made that it made what we what we saw Bob Nightingale write about yesterday uh, really seem like an, uh, an obvious thing, an no brainer, right? That they they wouldn't want to part with Andrew Vaughn. Uh, yeah. And then he goes out and has the weekend that he has in Detroit. He showed you why. Uh, we've been talking about it this whole time. I mean, they just see the. They see the mental skills and the physical skills uh, mesh together with this kid. You brought up yesterday when we were talking about him the the numbers that he put up in college. He was the best college hitter there was in that draft, and they took him at number three overall for a reason. Uh, you know, the reason that rebuilding is such an attractive strategy is because you're able to reload on talent quickly. Mm-hmm. And there was a you know I'm the the 
plus side of losing 100 games in a season is that you get a top five draft pick and hopefully you get a guy who you can stick in the middle of your lineup for for a decade. And I think that that's what they think they've found in Andrew Vaughn. And, and we're not, I'm not trying to you know defend tanking or anything like well, that. I'm just saying that there is a silver lining to it, and the silver lining is you get somebody like Andrew Vaughn. That just wasn't where my thought process was. You were like talking about picking in the top uh, of drafts, and I just thought of the guy who they picked the year before uh, who is not in their middle of the lineup and is not in the middle of the lineup of any team, uh, Nick Madrigal. Um, you know, just not not anything. You just, you, yeah, you but he that. turned it's into like, A.J. Pollock. That's true. He that's turned he, he got you he got you a Hall of Fame closer, and now he turned into an everyday right fielder. I mean, you know, this is not again, Andrew Vaughn. Again, but yes. Andrew Vaughn, though, is – I don't – listen, we saw that move made with Madrigal last year. I would be shocked to see a similar move made with Vaughn just because of the way the White Sox have talked about him, raved about him, gushed about him right. for the last however many seasons. I didn't bat an eye when Nick Madrigal was traded. I th- thought it made sense. He was in rumors for possibly Corbin Burns the year before. Uh, I didn't bat an eye. If Andrew Vaughn gets traded, I know I had a very visceral reaction when Carlos Rodon signed with the San Francisco Giants. It might be worse if they trade Andrew Vaughn. Well, and, and listen, the questioner brings up, brings up Jose Abreu, right? And, I mean – while I think if you're the White Sox, you would be well within your right to give Jose Abreu a contract until he proves you shouldn't. He's already getting RBIs and getting hits and getting on base this year. There's, you know, there's, he's showing no signs of stopping, but eventually biology is going to make him stop, and Andrew Vaughn is a guy who's going to be under contract for a long time, a guy that you're going to be able to plug in there. When you look ahead to how this team is going to evolve within this contention window, there are certain guys that you can put on the on the roster and in the lineup for years to come. Andrew Vaughn's one of them, along with the guy you mentioned earlier, Luis Robert, along with Yohan Moncada, along with Aloy Jimenez. Um, and I think that they hope that they can add a few other names to that list too. But certainly Andrew Vaughn is going to be right in the middle of that mix. And I believe that Andrew Vaughn, and hand up right here, I was one of the people probably banging the drum hardest to trade Andrew Vaughn last year for Adam Frazier. And I said Oof. I was wrong then. Hey, Sean. Friends. Well, you just hate me now? Oh, I don't hate you. I never and said I, that. It keeps on getting brought into my mentions. And, yes, I was wrong, guys. Andrew Vaughn looks like a premium hitter. He looks like he knows and understands baseball at a higher level than his age would say. He was the Golden Spikes Award winner when he was in college. He crushed. And I remember when he got picked, people said, oh, my God, he will hit. Right now, he can be in the major leagues right now, and he can hit. And we've seen it. The jump from A to Major Leagues, we saw it. And this year is no different. And now with the back problems in his past, I think Andrew Vaughn will excel this year. And maybe he'll be the second best hitter in, in on the White Sox roster this year. And to defend your Adam Frazier thing, you and Tanny always talked about if you're going to make a trade, it needs to hurt, right? Because fans usually don't do that. I mean, there's... Yeah, they like there's, yeah, I mean, throwing some backup in there. Oh, he could, Frankie Montas. We'll yeah, get him for. There, there's plenty articles that, that say Gavin sheets for Frankie Montas. You know, hold on, hold on, Herb. If we remember back to the trade you proposed back to, during our uh, <laughs> trade hurt. proposal thing, did it? Yeah, wasn't it like Jake Berger and, and it was Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, and Miker? I think for yeah. that uh, hurts for for Gavin Lux and no Max, Max no. Muncie. It was Max, Max Muncie and, and Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah, the former oh, right. MVP. One bomb yeah. and one good player. <laughs> That would hurt. I would hurt if Gavin Sheets was off the White Sox. I'll feel better if uh, Matt, it would Max Munson got me. You're talking, you're talking about how Andrew Vaughn needs more at-bats, though. I mean, if Gavin, Sheets is, off, if, if Gavin Sheets is off the roster, hello, Andrew Vaughn at-bats. I, but I don't think you 
if you can get Gavin Sheets at bats, but Andrew Vaughn needs the bats also. Like he needs yeah, like know, if you don't have him at the DH spot, put him in right field. Well, if you don't have a DH spot, put him at third base. Put him at second base. Andrew Vaughn, I think, needs to play. Whatever, whenever time you think that Andrew Vaughn or you have a game, Andrew Vaughn needs to be in that game if he's not uh, tired. Right? We there. got her. We got Herbie Larusso over here playing Andrew Vaughn at second base. Oh, I'd love to see it. That man can play. Like I don't know if he can play major league second base, but I think you put him somewhere, he'll do an adequate job at that position. That's what Tony says. Adequate's a very loose term. I, I mean, you want his bat in the lineup. You do want his bat in the lineup, and, and at second and, base, I mean, there's not a lot of second basemen who can hit like Andrew Vaughn. So, like, there's not a lot of you know fielders who feel like I mean, Andrew Max Vaughn Muncy at second did base too. But uh, yeah, Max Muncy did do it. Uh, I I'm just thinking, you know, 125 games this year for Andrew Vaughn. More. Make sure we space it out. More. He played 127 last year and got hurt, and we saw that. It, I don't want Andrew Vaughn hurt. I need him for the playoffs. He's the this second best hitter on the team. Bats. You said yes. So you let's have him healthy. Up. Let's have him healthy. Um, we protect Michael Kopech, but we can't protect Andrew Vaughn. He's, it's not the same thing. Pitchers aren't. Pitchers are fragile, and Michael Kopech in particular is fragile. Well, if, and if Andrew Vaughn's just at the DH, then he'll be he'll likely be less fragile. But also AJ Pollock just rounding first base, you know, tweaks something. You know, I mean, and obviously he's got more injury concerns than Andrew Vaughn does. But you never know what playing baseball can do to you. Or, it's or not what too far away, happen. Connor Smith. I mean, my name is Herb Lawrence, so just put an L- R in there. <laughs> I think I might have something catching on here with Herbie LaRusso. <laughs> Herbie LaRusso. <laughs> might have accidentally Uncle created Herbie a LaRusso. nickname here. Uh, uh, you just need to turn the hat sideways, and then you'll be, uh, you'll be at Tony. Um, final, Hello, fellow kids. And I think uh, that... I think the final thought I have on Leonard's question is, um, I don't know if they dodged a, a bullet here, but with the point of hurt when it trades, the only player that I would truly feel hurt by the White Sox trading is Andrew Vaughn. That's the only piece that would leave the organization that I would feel like question mm, that them like leaving. Luis Robert, Tim okay, Anderson. Well, like, what the <laughs> hell? Do we think that they're going to trade Luis Robert? No, like, no but oh, you just said the only person right, in the organization. But I, I mean, right. let's have a realistic conversation here. My I mean, point Andrew Vaughn's being, in trade talks. Luis Robert has never been in trade talks. My point being that I think Andrew Vaughn, from the view of the organization, it's it seems okay. belongs in the category of those oh, guys. and Which is right. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, good. Uh, for sure. But like, uh, you know, since we were we were talking about the trade rumor of him being in Oakland, uh, you know the idea of when you're putting together a trade proposal, you need to make it hurt. Um, I don't think the White Sox have anything to make it hurt for me, which is why I don't think the White Sox might be able to make. I don't think they will be able to make a deal when it comes to the deadline, uh, which was the point I was just trying to make. Was I like you know you. Gavin Sheets might hurt to lose possibly because he's a left-handed bat, but you know. Position-wise, Andrew Vaughn just gets more at-bats. Jose Abreu's there for first base. You guys, Manny, Manny Grandal can DH as well. Tim Anderson, we heard uh, Tony mention that, you know, regular position players might get breaks at DH, so we might see TA at the DH. So, like, I don't think there's truly a piece right now that you could trade in the organization that's a prospect uh, or one of those fringe levels uh, that would truly hurt me as a Sox fan uh, getting off the team. So I, I really think that they might be tough uh, when it comes to the deadline to make a deal. For no that. reason. He's 24. <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> Thank you, Earth Space. Space. Love you. You're my best friend. You're my best friend in the chat. So uh, shout out to Earth Space. Uh, you're the best. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, the final question. And uh, this one is about TLR. So, uh, Herb, we'll go to you first. This is from uh, a different Tony, uh, Anthony Sh- Sh- 
I need some help here. Anthony Shulo? Shulo? Is that it? Is that it? Okay. That's a good guess. Anthony Shulo. Uh, Anthony Shulo. Uh, definitely a premature question, but something that's fun to think about. This organization is putting an emphasis on sustaining competitiveness, but part of that is a seamless transition in the clubhouse whenever La Russa leaves. I would think our window would outlast his tenure. Who is next in line to lead this core? Who is your lead successor to La Russa? Tony, uh, or, uh, Herb, you taking over for Tony? I'm not, but I would have Vinny answer that more than because I have a name, but Vinny's more in the clubhouse, and he would know what the White Sox uh, brass would be thinking on the the transition move for Tony Larusa. I would say this: I think that something you got to remember is is folks look at so hard, and this, this was mentioned in the question, the clubhouse culture, and there's no doubt about it. It is very, very important on the South Side. We talk about it all the time. I write about it all the time. It's it's something that they have kind of mastered down there, it seems like. And there was so much concern when Tony La Russa was hired that that was going to blow everything up. And I don't necessarily think that that was um, uh, um unwarranted question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I probably had the, a similar question. It was amazing, and, and I think it was the biggest success that Tony has had, that he went in there and said, I'm not touching this. You guys go ahead and keep doing what you've been doing. I'm here to be part of this culture. I want to integrate myself into it. I'm not here to put my foot down and say this is how it's going to be. It's the it's the biggest compliment he gets from his players is that they let he lets them be themselves, that there is no sort of dictate coming from him being, you know, while he has, he was a uh, a white sock before most of these people were born, he was an outsider. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was an outsider. He he had not been with this organization. He hadn't been, uh, you know, since he hasn't they been fired since him. This or- yeah, he hasn't right. been with this organization since I've been born. I mean, he, or, he, or they, me yeah, for that matter. Since I've been born, yeah, right? I mean, so, uh, I mean, it is it it is. I think it goes to show a the positive effect that Tony has had and the best success that he's had. But b it goes to show you that it doesn't need to be this in-house guy. I don't think it's as fragile as it might seem, because of the building that they have done, whether that be due to the guys that Rick Hahn has put in place, whether that be the work that Ricky Renneria and his coaching staff did before Tony La Russa was hired and what Tony La Russa and his coaching staff are doing now. So I don't think you need to worry about uh, the culture crumbling if they were to go get somebody from the outside. It just has to be the right person. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And and I was I had those concerns too. I didn't think Tony was the right person. I thought it was very much handpicked from uh, the the man upstairs, Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf. Obviously, they have a relationship, him and Tony. Um, I thought it was a handpicked guy. I thought he was going to ruin the clubhouse. Uh, and funny enough, the guy that has won many World Series, uh, has been around the game of baseball <laughs> for years and years and years, uh, understands uh, what to do. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I said they were going to go 93 and 69. What they went 93 and 69. <laughs> Managers do not matter. Tony understands that. It's just about keeping the clubhouse good it was already good he didn't rock the boat he did exactly what he did and he kept the guys afloat with injuries I mean he, he did a good job last year with that um it will be definitely interesting to see who replaces him uh Miguel Cairo on the bench right now Shelly Duncan on the bench uh Herb any of those names interest you or do you think maybe it could come from the outside um, I wouldn't want an outsider I mean Super Joe's been on the team forever Super Joe McEwing's been on the team I see some names uh Sleeper Herald's got Justin Jershel 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 Jershelly. yes his dad was a uh uh, is he a single A, double A? I believe he's no. the Birmingham manager, okay. double yeah. A. Because yeah. West Helms is triple A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have some in-house candidates that are really qualified and know the culture of the White Sox and uh, understand what's going down. But, you know, me, I'm not a guy who thinks that managers matter too much in the day-to-day on-the-field stuff. What they're valuable in is the clubhouse stuff, the stuff that brings the players together. If there's disagreement, if there's things that need to be settled, 
that's what the manager said is standard. So any of these guys come well, in, I think they'll be fine. And yeah, Miguel Cairo, who's uh, tapped as the bench coach, probably be the next guy. They're not the going to bring Ozzy back, guys. Right. I know that. So yeah, Matt Matt Trust saying Ozzy, let's go. Uh, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Um, I, but the Cairo thing is definitely interesting why, because I'm still mad. A lot, a lot of you know, typically White Sox history, uh, the next manager is usually just the bench coach, um, and that that's been the typical line of succession. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I, I, mean, I think I think wasn't. I think what you have to realize too is Tony that wasn't. there are there are um, there have been major league managers who have had success from kind of all walks of experience, right? You've seen the guys who are the baseball lifers who have been managing in the minor leagues for decades and finally get their shot. You see the guy like Tony Larusa who you know, is a Hall of Famer, obviously. And then you see guys across the game who retired last year and the front office just wants their guy in there to, to, to do what you said, to, to manage the clubhouse and not necessarily manage the games and, and have, have the front office kind of do their thing. So. so, I mean, Leonard asked a question about did we dodge a bullet if Andrew Vaughn was traded because Jose Abreu might retire? So if Jose Abreu retires and Tony La Russa retires – Pito for manager in 2023. <laughs> I see Steven Niss had the same idea as I did uh, down there. Uh, or Jose Abreu, manager, right above uh, Matt Trusk saying, Ozzy, let's go. And here's um, a name, too, that you might want to think of. You yeah. know who's in that front office right now? Jim Tummy. You are awesome, big man. Yes. Okay. I'll tell yes. you what. Just a thought. Hall of Famer. Just a thought. I would. I mean, you I talk about like gregarious. To go to argue with the manager, Mister Umpire. I just <laughs> disagree with your call there. You should have called that a strike. You called it a ball. I mean, can you change it, please? <laughs> <laughs> who's uh, who's the stabber that we're talking about? The uh, the uh, Tom Payne, John Tom Payne. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. John Tom Payne. John Tom Payne. I Slasher. mean, Slasher. This is the width of the plate. It was outside of the plate, below his knees. I don't understand. I this mean, is way I too need... confrontational for Jim Tomey. <laughs> you need a big smile on the face. Come on now. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jim Tomey would be fun. Jose Abreu would be fun. Uh, Miguel Cairo would make sense. Uh, Shelly Duncan, I don't know if – I mean, it would make sense. He was a former manager as well. I think at the Diamondbacks organization, he won uh, something, I think a fall league uh, one year. So, I mean, hey, he has managerial experience. Let's go just... nuts. Player manager Tim Anderson. I'd love it. <laughs> I thought uh, uh, Lance Lynn had a really great season with Jeff Massa Mathis in uh, Texas. Uh, he's a guy that I would really like. I like those catcher managers. They're, they know sure. how to manage the game, and they also know how to manage a clubhouse. You're so David's I, I like, Ross, if you will. Yes, you're, yeah. you're David Ross's, your uh, Kevin Cash's. Your Kevin's your, Cash. Yeah, your yeah. <laughs> Scott Surveys. Yeah. Is he a catcher? Yes, he was uh, for the Joe Cubs. Girardi. Yeah. Um, maybe some of these outfielders like Gabe Kapler. Rusty Baker, if I'm not mistaken. I think Bob yeah. Melvin was a catcher, too. Yeah. Bob Melvin was a catcher. Um, Bud Black was he a pitcher? I think Bud was Black a, was, a was a pitcher. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, uh, um, Tony Johnny, wasn't a catcher. Johnny Baker was a outfielder, I believe. Dusty. No, oh, Dusty. Dusty. He Dusty. was a, um, an outfielder. Buck played too. I don't know if Buck was a catcher. Mike Shosha, catcher. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, and then uh, Mike Matheny, catcher. Yeah. Oh, that's and uh, AJ Hinch. Yes. Brad Osmus. I, I think AJ I'm just thinking Hinge. of Brad Osmus. Brad Osmus, who was the former Detroit Tigers catcher, and Rocco was a former player. So they're all catchers. Yeah, right. Yes, was a catcher. And Chris Getz? No, no. Second base. No, but I'm saying for manager. I don't know. Would that be a weird promotion for him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. I think he might have. He might have. He's an assistant GM now. He might have GM in his future. Not on the south side necessarily, True. but somewhere. Right. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just yeah, just thinking. I mean, uh, just thinking about Getsy, just thinking about former players. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Rocco Baldelli as well. You know, just players that are in the organization. Sure. You brought sure. up Jim Tomey, so uh, maybe Getsy. Uh, I, I I like AJ, but AJ as a manager might be a little bit crazy. Uh, Pollock. 
No, no, Pierzynski, Shush Poppy, bro. Just joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, player manager. There player you go. Manager, AJ, uh, Pollock. AJ Pollock making uh, money in, in right field and on the as the manager. But uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Speculavalia. Sorry. Oop. I thought we just thinking random catchers. Ron Karkovitz? You don't know who Spanky Lavalier is? Sal Fasano? Jesus, what's wrong with you? Toby Hall? Ooh, Toby Hall. All right. Well, that's the CHGO White Sox podcast. Thank you for watching. Uh, for Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence, the CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. We want to thank all of you for being in the chat and making this a great place to hang out for an hour. We'll be back tomorrow at 2.30 to pregame the Mariners and White Sox. It's the home opener. We'll be back at the G-Rate. We're excited to see all your faces and all our White Sox on the south side to take on the Mariners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And thank you to Kevin Wells for your production. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow when the Sox take on the Mariners.